70 record closing highs so far for the day. Blasting through a ceiling. In a record setting IPO. Investors who have been riding the wave. When the stock market is booming, we're made to believe the economy is booming. As the stock market goes, so goes the wealth and the health and economy. So what exactly is the stock market measuring? Good evening and welcome to another episode of Financial Forecast, a show that seeks to delve into the things that are affecting our economy and we come to the beautiful end of the month of February. Nyambura Ndongo alongside Ken Gishinga, Chief Economist, Mentoria Economics. Today being the 27th of February, we hope you had a fantastic month of February. Ken, welcome. How is your February? Oh, many thanks, Nyambura. Uh, it's a very wet oh, yeah. <laughs> Tuesday. Let me tell you, Storms I think are... Nairobi weather is, is, is here, there, everywhere. At one point, we were at 31 degrees. I think that was last week. And then before we knew it in a day, the rains are here. We're not complaining, but, well, I think that is the diversity uh, as well. We are seeing our economy going. One day the shilling is at... <laughs> <laughs> 150, the next time it's at 120, you know. Yeah, so how is it? Well, uh, it's, as you said, uh, I was just surprised at how quickly the weather changed yeah. from a very sunny afternoon mm. to extremely heavy rain, rain and, um, you know, what that means really in terms of power, <laughs> you know, that, that, how that will affect. But uh, always a pleasure to be here at right. uh, Two Rivers. Mm-hmm. And uh, looking forward to uh, an exciting show of financial forecast. Fantastic. And Ken, uh, last week we had a very interesting guest. And I really enjoyed the show that we had because it was literally mind-boggling. <laughs> uh, modern monetary theory. And our good guest, Tony Muti, took us through where currency came from, the issuer of currency, who is also and a different person who's meant to be spending the currency. So it does not make sense for the issue of currency to actually say they have no currency to spend. And uh, we were discussing, and I was telling you, uh, there are various people who had different opinions. Like for me, I had never seen it actually being done until I was educated and uh, the US did it. And I shared this with a few couple of people. And they also had quite their takes um, one of my bosses said they had actually done a paper uh, as one of their studies and believed that money should only be printed on the back of tangible production uh, and America did that will they repeat it uh, he said he's not really too sure because they did that in COVID-19 and uh, you also mentioned that it did happen when uh, during the global financial crisis. Correct, to the And, and uh, uh, during COVID-19. And, you know, I kept wondering, how is it that America is actually having money to give... <laughs> how, where is it? Kumbe, they were printing money. <laughs> <laughs> so that's actually what happened. Uh, they needed they needed to, to give the money to the people. Uh, but why would they do that? Yet, again, the factors of demand and supply... So what led them to actually do something like that? Very, very <coughs> fascinating episode uh, with Tony. I yeah. think that was one one for the books, definitely. Yeah. And uh, quite a number of people 
have been uh, discussing it and uh, the merits of it. And um, I mean, Todd did a good job. He went back to the days of Keynes. Exactly. You know, looking at uh, monetary history yeah, and what it means today. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that, um, and you know, as we bring guests to this show, Nyambura, is we want to sp- stretch our thinking as much as possible totally. because mm-hmm. the economy in Kenya, the economy in Africa, you know, we are struggling. So we need as many ideas yes. as possible. And to your point, really, it's about production. Mm-hmm. It's about all these tools should be able to ha- aid in production. And the United States yeah. has been able to do that both in the 2008 crisis. Okay. They came out fast. Yeah. In post-COVID, again, they are leading um, the, the pack. Mm-hmm. So there's something definitely, I think, that needs to be learned. One of the things um, that possibly was made, made them unique yeah. was at that point interest rates were zero oh. in the United States. Oh. Other parts of you know the world one could easily say you could lower interest rates to allow more liquidity, but okay. they were at zero. So really there was no other place to go beyond now literally uh, pumping uh, funds into in, in into the economy. So extremely interesting scenarios uh, on what that looks like but yeah anybody who missed that episode definitely (laughs) needs to uh, look at that episode again and yes you can uh, get the uh, financial forecast episode on uh, our capital fm soundcloud page and anywhere you get your podcast from that was uh, uh, episode five Uh, so you can get us there so you're listening to us at 98.4 capital fm and you can get us online uh, at uh, www.capitalfm.co.ke slash listen live and uh, we appreciate your comments and your values you can uh, and your feedback and your questions <laughs> and you can get us on a <laughs> can't stop laughing uh, what's up line 0701984984 and our socials on facebook and x at capital fm hashtag financial forecast so um, during this show we strive to at least give a brief highlight of what is happening and one hour is absolutely not enough so if you want to get more in-depth analyses about um, economics uh, the insights the data forecasts and analytics you can uh, email and uh, get as well your weekly report every monday by emailing info at mentoria.co.ke so can I was looking at the markets and somehow everything seems to be working fantastically because the commodities are all up other than, again, the bonds, which you have mentioned. So do we see anything that is really pushing this? I, I'm seeing uh, there was a statement that uh, there are some Europe, there, ca- there are some companies in Europe that are actually also pushing the the stock market to go up so what have you discovered <coughs> is pushing uh, is leading to this well you're absolutely right Anyambura. Uh, this week will be very big in terms of data expectations yep. um so we expect inflation data mm-hmm. um in the united states um here in kenya we'll be getting inflation data on thursday so this is what you'd call an inflation week oh, okay. and it's important because inflation uh, determines interest rates and determines even how currencies move. Yeah. So this will be a pretty big week. I think uh, the data will come out on Friday mm. for the U.S. Oh, yes. uh, for Kenya, that will be on Thursday. So it will be pretty interesting to see 
uh, that whole narrative is that we've been riding, that inflation is coming down. Yeah. And and markets today have been a bit slow, a bit, uh, if you look at the Dow Jones, mm. um, most of them are down, particularly yesterday. Um, obviously, some companies are still doing very well. I was looking at the Zoom mm. um, stock price really doing very well. Yep. Its revenues are expected to go up 2.5%. So there are individual oh. companies uh, that are, 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 are doing well. Mm -hmm. But definitely markets will really respond to the Friday's expectations okay. on inflation and what that will mean in terms of Fed either bringing the rate cuts forward or pushing them um, a bit a bit further out. And as our economic analyst <laughs> and forecaster, <laughs> <laughs> what are you putting on the table? <laughs> Well, I knew you were going to go <laughs> yeah, there. We have to say true. <laughs> Not least because the name is yep. is, is financial mm -hmm. focused. Uh, well, let me start here domestically. Mm -hmm. You know, we are at what six point nine percent. You know, a lot of people have been seeing people asking, why aren't fuel prices coming down significantly? Because the shilling has Manitary. appreciated, and and so we should start seeing. So technically. Because of that chilling movement of last week, okay, it might take time before maybe it reflects in the purchases, right. but definitely that should help in terms of bringing inflation down because mm -hmm. fuel is a significant part. So we would start expecting inflation to start easing. Easy. Yeah, that should be the thinking. In the United States, again, again, even that is expected to, we expect to see inflation easing, okay. particularly the headline inflation. Yeah that that um, includes both food and fuel mm. so hopefully that narrative will continue uh, uh, um, playing, out. playing out so that's my expectation that both on both sides that we start getting um, inflation starting to sort of come down and I remember I think in January when we uh, were beginning the year some uh, some of the things that were pushing inflation was a uh, power and school fees so this time around, you see fuel mainly okay fuel i think driven by the shilling mainly being the determinants is uh, is that what yeah power was significant uh, i think one of the components was up 55 percent mm -hmm. so you'd find you know households that were paying four thousand would end up paying seven thousand so right. that was quite significant yeah and definitely the the exchange rate component in that right. should be able to to help it out again um school fees education fees mm. uh, well those tend to be just one-offs okay they tend to just happen so once a year like or even once mm. in a cycle of years uh, but one interesting thing that we'll probably talk about later in the show is uh the proposals to add vat <laughs> on educational services that's one of the proposals in mm. the uh, finance, finance act the budget proposal right, statement right. that came out last year. Mm -hmm. So that could see, you know, educational services sort of going up. So we might move away from saying s high school fees in January mm -hmm. is just a one-off, mm -hmm. but this could actually be something a perennial. So it's something to really think about, particularly because oh. Kenya, you know, as you say, we don't have a lot of natural resources, gold yeah, and oil. Exactly. No, we have uh, human capital. So to what extent do you want to make educational services a bit more expensive. So those are some of the things I think we'll be exploring definitely as, as we move closer into into the region. Oh, okay. Um, crossing, I think, uh, 
we'll 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 see what is really going to happen to the inflation numbers uh, but the other thing i think and and we keep seeing is still uh for the us of course they, they're going to have employment featuring heavily but in kenya uh we are still not we are, we are still not there and i think the other thing that you've just mentioned right now is fuel and uh, we did see it significantly go down at the end of last year but somehow <laughs> and then this year we've also seen our currency very much strengthened but it was only reduced by one shilling so in as much as they still the easing that is happening why is it taking so long um, does it ordinarily take that long because i think when the hikes uh, we were saying when the hikes were coming they were coming heavy at uh, plus 20 and plus 5 and plus such so where is the disconnect well when we talk about energy forecast and i remember we had an episode where we were looking at uh, the non opec countries yeah. contributing to uh, the fuel supply and really bring fuel prices down so that should have been one lever uh-huh. that should have helped the other lever is as you've said the appreciating of the currency so yeah. i think people are expecting to see a double a double move and they mm-hmm. didn't see that yeah typically these purchases tend to happen in contracts so these mm-hmm. contracts are for a, a certain period of time so the question is at what point does the current stock uh sort of like finish before we move to the next batch so we do expect that should be reflected as we move into the the next batch my only hope is by that time when that comes we will not now <laughs> be having the finance act raising uh vat to okay. another level okay. that kind of offsets and people start wondering how come oh. we never see that so I just hope they don't sort of like cancel out each other oh. where the consumer now doesn't see a the particular uh, the effect so i hope we because fuel touches every Ev- segment every single thing yeah whether it's food whether it's transport so i do hope some of those um, gains right. would be able to be received by the consumer because it's it's somewhat of a stimulus right if you think about it it is a stimulus because it's money now in the pocket okay. that can be used for other other, other services so mm. uh, well i do hope that's when we say our fiscal policy our monetary policy all have to be aligned so at least the consumers are are better off as we move forward and um the europe's economy has okay well, that was last week they're getting into recession and we we didn't delve so much deeper into it uh, last week and the last week before and uh, we are seeing the slow coming in um is it still led by the ukraine war that as well their power on their side and um i think we also discussed the israel hamas and <laughs> we are still looking out for march the 8th and seeing how that is also playing out um but how how is that market happening and how is how is also asia how how is that Yeah so uh Europe is almost in a recession not mm-hmm. quite okay. um the definition of a recession is you want to have two quarters of negative growth so Germany being uh, the powerhouse mm. of Europe is the economy we tend to look most at 
and it's had very weak growth. Um, it's it's not what it used to be. You know, Germany's economy is what is called an export-led growth strategy, mm-hmm. um, which means all the things that you're creating are for an export market. Okay. So think of the BMWs oh, downstairs, yeah. the Mercedes-Benzes yeah. on the road. Mm-hmm. All these drive the German economy. Right. So for Germany, it's been particularly hit by the Russian invasion because Germany was extremely dependent on, on Russian Russia. energy for a oh. long time, especially under Angela Merkel. Yeah. There was that whole uh, pipeline that was being put in place. So okay. Germany is in a very awkward space where it's been extremely dependent and those high energy prices have crept in into its inflation. Yeah. Interest rates are very high. But that's not the only problem. Mm. They also have a labor market problem because because of its export-led growth strategy, it's very dependent on global trade. Mm-hmm. So when people are uh, buying, importing, and exporting, Germany really thrives. Okay. But when people are not, then it, it, become, it bigger, becomes a problem. Then there's a labor market issue where, in fact, the Germany Minister for Economy, um, I hope you wrote that <laughs> down, they have a minister of, of economy. economy. And you'll ask me more about yep. that later, which yep. I think is interesting. He said... You know, Germany is still in troubled winds, and wow. the labor they would not be where they are without the migrants. So they are huge migrants oh. coming from countries like Turkey, um, even here in Kenya. You know, our president said he's there lined up about two hundred and fifty thousand yeah, jobs. jobs. Uh-huh. So Germany depends on uh, migrants. So definitely, that's going to be the problem. So you have a labor market uh, problem. You have a structural, outward-looking. Um, uh, economy that is operating in a global economy that's slowing down. Yeah. Um, then, of course, you are tied to this Russian energy, okay. which is very expensive. So all those things have created a cocktail that's very difficult for uh, uh, Germany to move ahead. Yeah. In Japan, it's it's very interesting. You know, right now, Japanese, um, the stock market, they call that the Nikkei 225, mm. it's hit a 35-year high. Wow. Uh, and so it's doing very well. Mm. But in the same week, the Japanese government has said they are downgrading the assessment of economic growth. So some people are already asking, how is it possible that an economy yeah, can be yeah. slowing down, <laughs> but your stock market <laughs> is, is In fact, <laughs> I think the intro clip yeah, 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 you is, play uh, every Tuesday on this show. Exactly. What do they say? When the, the st- stock market is booming, it is said that the economy is booming. I think we might need to change <laughs> change that because <laughs> clearly Japan is telling us not necessarily. Yeah. So interesting dynamics playing on in Asia and I think Japan. Mm. And, and, and Japan, unfortunately, has lost its title as the third largest um, economy. Wow. Uh, so one would say, then why is it the stock market is overheating. It's at, at a three-decade exactly. high. You know, so plenty, plenty happening in that space, okay. and I think a lot of people will be looking at how that will be playing out. Okay. Then I think it's... Um, do you think Germany is, is heavy into getting into the electric cars? Um, and um, I can see uh, uh, there's an article that said uh, the new gold rush is going to be on lithium because of the electric cars. So maybe that is a possibility that German can start thinking about, I mean, we're all talking about green energy now, um, carbon credits <laughs> and such like things. So I think that is, I think one way we are going to be seeing it happening. But um, 
within our lovely Africa continent, we can see uh, Nigeria. You know, last week we were discussing how we were just stamping and we we're saying, you know, Kenya is really doing good. Look at our shilling. Um, and uh, I know it is still on that. It's still on, 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 on its... It's kind of still bouncing. It hasn't really uh, stabilized. And uh, the Zambian Kwacha was doing fantastic. But Nigeria is struggling. Struggling, struggling, struggling. What is happening to the Nigerian market and the, the, their, their currency? I mean, you're right. Uh, Kenya and Zambia were celebrating uh, their currency appreciation. appreciation but... Uh, Nigeria and to an extent Algeria mm. have been having extremely difficult uh, plays with the country. If you look at both countries, Nigeria and Algeria, there's always almost two exchange rates. Okay. There's the official exchange rate uh, for the Naira or the Dinar in Algeria, okay. and you have the black market exchange rate. And sometimes the differences are so big that um, the artificial rate becomes um, almost something just to be printed in newspapers, but it's not what people are transacting. So I think for a long time, Nigeria has operated under that. And I think uh, under President Tinubu, you know, the Naira has lost 70% of its value since he rose into office uh, May last year. Uh Um, So it's been very difficult. Um, He's promised uh, $10 billion worth of liquidity into the market. But you know, Nigeria inflation is hitting 30%. Are they printing? Food, <laughs> well, food is very expensive right now, and you know the cabinet even had to have a meeting on the protests. Food that I mean, if you're eating thirty percent, and that's headline inf- inflation. Okay. So if you look at food inflation, I'm sure it's is much, much, much. Food inflation tends to be even more higher than than that because they are an importing country. So it's 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 a difficult time uh, for the president. Obviously, he needs to. Um, he now that Get he's moving towards a free market, uh-huh. hopefully that will bring in a lot of investments. But the problem is, you know, it takes time it before does. people it say, okay, yeah. you guys now have an, like, a floating exchange market, rate. Yeah. That that happens. And the same thing in Algeria. They have black market for the dinar and um, an official exchange rate. And wow. the difference is so big that, you know, if you want to buy medicine or spare parts, people okay. actually hoard euros and dinar, uh, euros because they can't trust the local okay. currency. So it's very important that people trust mm-hmm. the exchange rate. People start hoarding when they don't trust. And yeah. that's why even last year here, people were starting to hold the dollars because mm-hmm. maybe they were seeing the exchange rate was not reflecting. So I think it's very important for uh, central banks uh, all of Africa to really use the market rate. Let the market, let, uh, let's let have the, transparency in yeah, the market yeah. so that people can uh, have faith in that. Otherwise, if you don't have faith, people start hoarding currencies and that creates massive, massive disparities between the black market and the official rates. And that's true. So when even when they're giving out um, an official statement or a record showing that actually the, the currency is weakening, uh, is it based on black market now? Or is it based on national <laughs> agreed figures? So, and the same thing for both Nigeria and Algeria. Or it's just blanket. Also, how did they allow this to go? How did they get there to to that level? Oh, well, I think for um, Algeria, it's it's a free, it's a fairly closed economy uh-huh. uh, where the government uh, dictates a lot of the terms 
Um, okay. So access to foreign currency uh, might only Very be available limited. maybe to tourists or uh, because uh, you have a big you or you have a big um, delegation of people going to Mecca for the annual pilgrimage and of course then they'll need international uh, currencies. Yep. So those are the sort of like the points okay. upon which um, maybe you might you might meeting. need that currency. But for anybody who's just operating in Algiers, you know, why are you importing? So, mm-hmm. so that's that. For Nigeria, you know, again, it's just been uh, the macroeconomic indicators. Obviously, Nigeria's debt yeah. is obviously a lot of it is in dollars. Um, so you always want to make sure that your currency is pretty You're strong. Holding. So that your debt repayments are 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 are, are, are go 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 a long way. So yeah. th- these tend to be the dynamics, and each country has its own. You know, there's a time Nyambora, even here in Kenya. Yeah. If you wanted to have dollars, you'd have to go and make an application that you're going to write a form. Yeah, yeah. I remember um, (laughs) Pastor Ambrose at uh, Parklands Baptist keeps giving this story of how he had he had to fly out, but he actually had to get a letter, go to the CBK or something. Was it? uh, Yeah, CBK, and then he's it's approved, and then now he can actually get his dollars to take to the embassy. It was everything and. Yeah, that was wild. Uh-huh. That's what that's what we call you know, the currency liberalization. Okay. And many countries in Africa have not what Kenya underwent thirty years ago. Many countries, some oh. even that have even bigger economies and GDPs yeah. than Kenya, but still they've not had that liberalization. So if you wanted, there are some countries where the currency only operates in those currencies. For example, if you had to have the Kedarams yeah. from Morocco, if you had them here, it'd be very difficult for you to go and get an exchange because it's assumed that you're in Morocco to be spending the dirhams. Okay. The idea that you're spending it in yeah, Kenya exchanging, yeah, it's, it's, it's not that big. So those are the things that okay. uh, central banks need to be looking at as part of their mandates of uh, currency stability. Yeah. yeah. So ideally, h- how they got there was everything was so tied so close uh, that they needed an outlet. So if at all I have the dollars, you don't have to go to the government. So uh, I'll be, I know a guy. So if <laughs> <laughs> I'll have the dollars and then it kept growing and it kept growing and it kept growing. Um, is there an instance in Kenya where the dollar, or rather the currency at which, um, the amount at which you can get exchanged whichever currency, is it normally that far off? Or do you think our CBK has things very much under in check? Well, there was uh, about last year or two years ago, there was a discussion yeah. of uh, those um, uh, unofficial rates sort of oh. veering away <laughs> from the official rates. And okay. there was, in fact, somebody actually wrote an opinion piece mm-hmm. on that. So that can happen. Okay. Uh, thankfully, that has sort of been resolved. Mm-hmm. But the countries you've mentioned tend to be very dominated by the state. So in Kenya, you have a big private sector element. So the people who are demanding uh, foreign exchange, these are your oil importers, these are your restaurants, these are your private sector. But in the countries like Algeria, Ethiopia, those have to be very dominated. So a lot of production is done Mm -hmm. within the country. So the idea that you as a private citizen will be looking for dollars, it's it's almost, it's actually very unheard of. Oh,
Welcome back. Financial forecast, uh, 27th of February, and um, welcome. Yes, we are uh, discussing things that uh, affect our economy. And uh, before the show, we had actually just gone through what uh, we are seeing happening globally in terms of uh, geopolitics, uh, our commodities where our currency is and the, our, our countries within our continent are struggling as it is. And Ken, before we went on break, uh, we were discussing Nigeria and how their currency is still struggling. And uh, we were discussing about how there's um, the official market and then there's the blacklist market. And you know, all these things are, are very interesting because uh, as we are talking about blacklisting, one thing we are going to be talking about when we come <laughs> back home is how we have been put on a very crucial gray list. Uh, but um, as uh, you tell us what is also happening in South Africa, I just want to remind our good people that they can get all this information. You see, within an hour, we cannot discuss everything that is happening within the economy. So if you do want to get um, a weekly report, any uh, information on economics, insights, and uh, data forecasting and an al- analytics, you can reach out to info at mentoria.co.ke. And Wanaken uh, Gishinga, who is with me today, Chief uh, Economist Mentoria Economics, is going to be very happy to give information because information is power. So Ken, yes, um, South Africa, they are also going into elections. And, you know, we keep seeing stories, and I think this is something that we've seen a couple of times, um, crime, the xenophobia and all that. How, how are they doing? And, you know, last year when we were discussing how they are also having a very tough time in terms of their power, and they even had the rationing and the stuff. And then now they come in to another year, and now things are not improving. And, uh, well, for us, we can see our economy is really struggling. But, you know, at least we are making do. What is going wrong, or what's going on in South Africa? Yeah, all is not well in the Republic of South Africa. Mm-hmm. Unemployment is at about 32%. Um Inflation mm-hmm. remains very high. Um, the power issues, obviously, we spoke about that much of last year. Right. Into this year, especially for a manufacturing country. Yeah. Um, so there's a plethora of challenges facing, and of course, high interest rates make sure make make it very difficult for the cost of credit to be uh, affordable. So a lot of people are waiting for the elections on uh, May 29th, and obviously, you know, the ANC really Mandela's party yeah. has been by far the most popular party, historically hitting levels of 70%, mm-hmm. even higher. Yeah. But this year, I was looking at the opinion polls and there is a possibility yeah. that it might be a struggle 
for mm. them to get an outright majority. So right now, Ramaphosa and the team they're doing some aggressive, very aggressive uh, campaigning, right. uh, rolling out a lot of welfare programs, and obviously the EFF and Amalema is mm. sort of promising uh, much more welfare. So they sort of like a because they do know unemployment is quite high. Yeah. So the issue of an, uh, welfare Ane- yeah. is actually is quite big. The, who, who is going to give me a better package okay. of this? Actually, it's, go- it's going to come down to that. Who is okay. going to give me a, a better package given that I'm, um, you know, so and so is out of work. So it's going to be, the campaigns are very, very aggressive and, um, you know, my word, it would be a major shock, you know, if the ANC uh, don't take it because, you know, it's almost become the dominant party there. But because of the tough economic times, Mm. um, even politically, uh, the party uh, is in a very difficult situation. And depending on how many concessions they have (laughs) to give over the next one or two months, Mm that could really be that tipping point. You know, they might come to the Kenya. You know, in Kenya, <laughs> our elections are won by 50.01. That's how we win our Kenyan election. Yeah. South Africa might go that direction of winning 50.01. Yeah. But you know, Ken, as you're discussing about the issues that are facing South Africa and they are just at the, at the brink, you know, and they're trying to make this decision. Do you think they vote wiser than we do? <laughs> <laughs> so that means that they have seen um, currently where we are. Um, it is it is not where we anticipated to be. And the worst part is I just had uh, someone who was down in South Africa the other day and she was telling me even leaving the hotel to go to a shop that is literally next door. They actually had um, uh, pamphlets in the hotel rooms telling you, uh, please do not wander off. Do not go if at all you do not have any security or if you're not uh, working on your transport. And you know, it's a tourist destination. So if I'm told I'm going to be taking my conference there and I'm asking guys to come, but at the same time, I'm telling them, eh, this is as far as you can go. You cannot leave this hotel. And actually, when they tried to go outside, they could just see guys just hovering. And now they are about to make a decision. I don't know if at all they have been seeing what is happening around. But do you really think um, both parties <laughs> have a plan? Like, is it looking like a viable? Because I think it's an area of concern. If if insecurity sec- gets to that level, that it is now, I think, very crippling. If you think, uh, yeah, I have... I can go to I can just wake up and go to AC uh, tomorrow if I want, but at at what risk? And I think that is a very crucial place to be if if you can ask me. And I think it's you're absolutely spot on. It's a sense of contradiction. Yeah. Um and ironically, much of the tourists are coming from Kenya. In fact, I'll look at the latest statistics uh-huh. and Kenya tourists actually leading mm. and boosting the South African tourism um, circuit and they have excellent products. But you know when you can't guarantee uh, the security of either yourself or your loved ones then you know one puts it, it puts it into question mm. you know is it worth it? Mm. So high unemployment unfortunately leads to crime rates and South Africa has had notoriously high 
unemployment yeah. rates and um you know young people have grown up a whole generation ah, uh, you know the you know the people who were born when South Africa was getting independence are now turning 30 Whoa. this year so that's a whole new generation yeah. they have a whole different perspective on on history mm-hmm. on the role of Mandela the role of the ANC and you might find this generation and I've said many times here that you'll find countries tend to move in 30 uh-huh. year cycles okay. Okay. so you might find this generation might have a very different okay. perspective okay. on on the politics yeah. for them it's about jobs mm-hmm. i'm graduating okay. from uct yeah why am i not getting, not a, getting job? a job why am i still struggling okay. so these are the questions that i think that will be coming up so i think this year the elections will be extremely interesting okay. because it represents a new generation who have new aspirations <coughs> and you know the eff is really making quite a bit of noise about it and trying to uh, mm. i mean the you know the remodel themselves yeah. on the economy okay. even from the name yeah. economic, <laughs> economic. Uh, frontiers and that tells you the story about africa today the africa of the 1960s mm-hmm. the 1990s was about political liberation it was about getting independence yeah. and the concerns of um the our fathers and our grandfathers was about getting africans in charge Freedom. of government mm-hmm. the concerns of our generation is people want more about economic liberation you know i've gone to school i've done my part yep i need no, to the issue the of economy needs to reward needs me, to reward <laughs> me. <laughs> you know and, and it's yeah. so sad even here in kenya you know on sunday there's an article of 3500 mm-hmm. medical interns are unable to oh, get, get jobs. jobs and you know people who study medicine are people who tend to be top of their class yep so it was a it was a very heartbreaking story of young people who are the first in their village to go to university they did well they did well and but they can't be posted anywhere because apparently their internship uh mm. salary of two hundred and six thousand is too expensive for the ministry to pay so there's a lot that needs wow. to be wow. uh unpacked but that's south africa and mm. we'll talk about <laughs> kenya when we get there i think we already right we already there. <laughs> <laughs> and i know you talked about having uh you said minister of economy <laughs> that's actually something that's very interesting because for a long time mm-hmm. you'd find the treasury cabinet secretary tends to look at fiscal policy yeah so like right now in Kenya they are preparing yes. the budget that will be ready Just in June. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh-huh. Then you have the central bank yeah. that looks at uh, monetary, monetary policy. policy. And one of the big uh things we've always said is sometimes fiscal yes. policy doesn't act in concert mm-hmm. with monetary policy mm-hmm. or sometimes they uh, don't act together. So there should be somebody oh. who steps back and says, "Hey, fiscal policy guy." Yeah. Hey, monetary, monetary policy, policy guy, businesses. can we coordinate mm-hmm. these things so we have an economy that has mm-hmm. a big impact? So you find some economies like Spain, um, like Germany, Germany, actually have, yes, your treasury uh, minister, but also a minister for economy. And UK even go one step further. They actually have a minister for small business because oh. they, they know the concerns. On yeah, the small businesses? Yes, this is the, the concerns of small businesses are very different from the concerns of corporates that 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 sometimes have benefit from from government policy. So these are the things that you know people keep saying. Oh, you guys need to give us policy prescriptions. <laughs> these are some of the policy prescriptions. Maybe we need to create 
some of these dockets yeah. that you know sort of have somebody who sees now the whole picture exactly. and starts telling us about jobs and investments and real growth. So I think that, that is that something that we need to really look at uh, particularly from the European economies. Yeah, and you know you've actually said something very interesting. So uh, as a side note, does that mean the is it the minister for small businesses ideally the Labour Party would be <laughs> that be in tandem because I think that is one area that the Labour Party is always focusing on. Uh, I mean, employment and, and such such things, I don't know. But, well, we are here now. And uh, one thing that really did happen is that uh, the FAT, is it? AFT. Um, let, me, let me read it right. The FATF, yes. Uh, it put Kenya <laughs> on a money laundering <laughs> grey list. And the reason why I'm laughing is because <sighs> internet and uh, internet is a beautiful thing. It keeps reminding us. And I saw um, something that said our then um, uh, CS, I think, yeah. Matiangi had actually warned that something of this sort would happen and uh, that is something that was actually being watched by the previous governments. So now we are actually on the on the list and uh, it's called the Finance Action Task Force, uh, the Global Anti-Money Laundering Watchdog. And it made a decision to put Kenya on the grey list in a move that is likely to hurt Nairobi's standing financial center in the region. So... How did we get there, Ken? <laughs> very, very interesting development, uh, yeah. Nyambura. And and in fact, I would add that I actually did a discussion on this last night yeah. on the BBC Swahili service. You gave uh, whatever in Swahili. And had a discussion, yes, with a Tanzanian economist, and we were really oh. looking at it from a Kenyan and Tanzanian perspective. So if your Kiswahili is good, please... Uh, uh, no uh, thanks. <laughs> 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 you were talking about uh, kutakatisha pesa. Oh. No, that is money laundering. <laughs> kutakatisha pesa. <laughs> so if you can get that link, I'll share it with you. Please. But But my Tanzanian colleague had some very, very important points, which I think needs to be looked at. I think the key thing we have in problem, and not just Kenya, mm-hmm. this is a Pan-African problem, know, maybe, uh-huh. is the issue of conflict of interest. Right. Where you have public officials in government ah, okay. who are doing business. Mm-hmm. Now, if you went back into history, there was that famous Andegua Commission yeah. that allowed public servants to be able to ah, do business. Right. Yes. We really need to look at that carefully because what that has done is it creates conflict of interest mm-hmm. which is actually the big conduit towards money laundering okay and how does it work you know so you were in charge of this big parastatal or this big ministry right um you're the one awarding the contracts one, you're the one still in charge of procurement exactly uh-huh. so kenya being what it is and africa being what it is people are coming approaching you you're benefiting but you can't bank this Directly. money because you earn a s- particular salary which is known to everybody. Mm-hmm. So you start finding avenues of... Putting in the money into the system. Into the system. Right. So it could be the clubs, many mm-hmm. clubs you're seeing. Uh, Funny enough, in Tanzania, just like in Kenya, there are yeah. a lot of kayards. 
you know just yeah. like you have you know, so many clients where cars are never sold cars eh? are never sold but they're <laughs> many yes, they're many and they're never sold yeah. it's fuel station so uh-huh. those become the avenues okay. of money laundering because wow. you're trying to get ways into that so but the fundamental problem is that issue of conflict mm, of interest, of interest yeah. if you went to china and i mentioned it yesterday if you went to china and you're a public servant the terms for you as a public servant are very good. You're right. Same thing for the United States. Oh, okay. But if you have a dare venture, you or your immediate family oh. venture, yes, into Immediate private. family that is nuclear or? Well, nuclear, exactly. Okay. Um, venture into business, In business and it appears that you are somewhere Exactly. Connected. Now that becomes in China. It's very you. You actually get shot in China. Okay, it's, they take it extremely seriously. So in Kenya, I think because of that conflict, which came up in the last elections, it remember did. in the debates, yeah, there was that whole uh-huh. issue of conflict of interest. Yeah. I don't think we've resolved it. And one of the proposals we need to look at is declarations of wealth. And one of the points that was raised for mm. the Tanzania party is, my colleague he mentioned that if you are in Tanzania and you are getting into public office, you'd actually feel a declaration of wealth. Saying this is what I have, this is what I came with. Exactly. Uh But the problem there is as you leave, nobody does a follow-up. Nobody does a follow-up. So that's a problem Uh. in Tanzania. In Kenya, I think we're a bit supposed to be one step ahead where you are supposed to file it, but there's really no clear penalty if you don't do it. So you find right now, I think the latest statistics I saw Uh is about possibly only one third, I think, of civil servants have have filled that post. It's not clear what really happens in terms of the penalties. There's there's really no what you... It's a moving target. (laughs) There's there's absolutely... You've not been told what... If you don't do it, what the repercussion is going to be. In the corporate world, we call it consequence management. (laughs) There is is none of that. So because of that, we're in this world where people working in counties, Mm. people, you know, in Kenya, the richest people... Uh, people who are with tenders. Right. You know, it's not, you know, you, when you go to the United States, the way you become a billionaire yeah. is you come up with a smart idea mm-hmm. either on networks or mm-hmm. social networks or AI. Mm-hmm. You work on a startup, right. then you list it on the New York mm-hmm. Stock Exchange yeah. and the you become a billionaire. Yeah. In Kenya, the way you become a billionaire is <laughs> actually <laughs> you go into government, yeah. become. Oh. <laughs> you know, so so, so that's the, those are the challenges we need, and so for this money laundering thing now to be fixed, mm-hmm. it cannot be fixed by just frustrating people in the bank saying, "Oh, Nambora, uh, we saw so many, yeah. some money coming into your account. Can Ooh, you give us more documentation? documentation?" Because when you do that, investors now start fleeing. They're saying doing business in Kenya or it's in so Tanzania becomes so, so tedious. Yeah. Why don't I do it in the Cayman mm-hmm. Islands where nobody mm-hmm. asks me, so me so many questions? Yeah, that's the challenge. So we need to go back to the original problem, which is that issue of conflict of okay. interest. And we need to revisit that uh, report. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, you're talking about uh, counties and I think uh, the DP also had mentioned it. I think that was last week, if I'm not wrong. And he had uh, said that public officials should not actually be uh, also doing business. Uh, I don't know how that is going to be implemented, as you've said. Consequence management? Well, but talking of counties, <laughs> I think this week a lot has been happening. So, uh, our control of budget <laughs> gave a report and said 
Kiambu and Nairobi top the list of the worst counties to do business with. Now, issue of currency, who is also trading this currency of mine, is also having an issue still paying me even when I do this conflict of business. <laughs> what is like it's compounding can what is happening? That's a very big story actually for business people yeah. who are doing contracts and people some people doing very legitimate mm-hmm. business applying uh, gloves to hospitals right. and medical equipment. So it's very unfortunate that uh, some of these counties are being flagged. I think Kiambu they said I mean, only four percent of outstanding suppliers have been paid, and Nairobi nine percent. Yet ironically, these are the two counties that generate the, the most revenue. revenue. Kajiado, I think, was somewhere on that top five list. Yeah, these are this is the metropolitan that really gets the most. I mean, if you just look at what Nairobi gets from parking right. in, a, in a single day, mm-hmm. from land rates, and from all these things, so it's 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 mind-boggling. So I don't know. They have, the counties have not given a clarification. Maybe they'll say this was death from the previous administrations. Mm-hmm. They have not. So I think they need to come up and explain why that's the case. Because 4% and 9% can... That I don't know. That means I think uh, maybe only salaries have been paid. Really. <laughs> <laughs> like and and there's a real human cost to this, Yambora. You know, know, people sometimes when they get these big tenders, let's say you are doing mm-hmm. a small road right. in the deep part of Kiambu, you know, and you've not been paid, uh-huh. you probably took a bank loan. So people are being Hired auctioned people. of left, right, and center. In fact, it was so ironical, the people that ran that story yesterday yes. on the headlines, uh-huh. if you went to the auction pages, there were <laughs> eight pages of, of auctions. Yes, eight single, eight pages, full pages of houses and property and cars. Mm. So, so, so it's, 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 and of course your CRB now yeah. starts being affected. Yeah, so you yeah. can't be, so, so it, 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 the human costs that are hurting people in real ways. So True. it's very important that the counties as part of their fiscal strategy, because I've seen many of them are publishing the fiscal strategies, please accelerate payments to these contractors. Many of them are hurting. Many of them have, you know, really given their all be able to do these projects and they have nothing else. I mean, some people even yeah. I mean, committing suicide, unfortunately. So it's, it's their human it's costs and sometimes I think people can take these things very lightly mm-hmm. and it, it's very important that uh, particularly the CECs of finance yeah. who are the heart of these things really look at, you know, can we even borrow from somewhere to, to fast track fast these track. payments? Yeah, And <coughs> I, I think one of the promises I think that were made was that the counties were fighting to get the money from the national treasury so that they can fast track and i think it was all to say that you know we're actually working to release these funds so that they can go and pay all these suppliers but four percent and nine percent sounds like you did everything but pay the suppliers can <laughs> and you see the worst part is after that the interest rates have gone up so you who took the loan when it was at whatever percentage i you still have a loan to repay but you go to the government and they're telling you hey mambo mambo happening it's very difficult but at the same time we are still seeing um services like you cannot go to hospital and be told um we don't have gloves we don't have medical supplies 
and then we don't even have doctors yet every single thing that we have done we have worked to get all these things here the people the supplies themselves but just this factor of money that the fact it's not even getting to me even after I've worked so hard it just kills the economy if you ask me and we are talking about inflation and some of in fact these are some of the things that are actually really affecting um, myself and my pockets as it is right now well the good news is uh, not all counties mm-hmm. are in that basket there's some actually some counties the best performing counties nice. we saw nyeri in there we saw moranga mm-hmm. we saw cia okay. we saw mandera that paid a hundred percent of the supply so, so it's possible really? exactly and when i think of mandera how much less it a hundred percent hundred percent the yeah. counties that are mentioned are all being a hundred percent or 99 percent so the fact that it's possible yeah it so, is so it tells you also the power of power of the cec right. who's in charge of right. finance uh, plays a big role in terms of the liquidity management wow. of the co- so I think those should be examples that yes it's possible to move from four <laughs> percent to a hundred percent very quickly I, I mean priorities if if you ask me um, so I think well one thing we're looking um, at is uh, the budget proposal the plan is actually now underway and um, as we wait for the inflation numbers and what is uh what we anticipating to see i think our time is actually up again <laughs> so it's time for you to give us a, a much better parting shot today. like you have broken our hearts a lot <laughs> well Yambora, all i would say is listen to the data there's a lot of data coming out mm-hmm. whether it's inflation mm-hmm. whether it's the budget policy statement Right now, everybody is debating about confidence in the economy. Yeah. Are we confident? Are mm-hmm. we not confident? Mm-hmm. But my answer to that is, what is the data saying? What is, what is our debt-to-GDP ratios? Mm-hmm. What is the BPS saying about revenue collection? Mm-hmm. We have, mm-hmm. have to increase revenue collection to up to $6 trillion over the next four years. What does that mean for, for the uh, private sector? Because that money will come from, from the, the private, private sector. sector. So listen to the data listen to the data listen to the data i know it's going to come from housing levy but uh well <laughs> let us see <laughs> we come to the end of financial forecast on this beautiful tuesday evening and you can catch up on this latest episode and every other episode you've had of financial forecast on our capital firm soundcloud page and anyway you can get your podcast from and uh specifically from ken <laughs> this is a red bone <laughs> My childish Gambino, good evening.
Thank you.